Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuck with Hypnopunk Transformation with Edge. Today's episode is about dispelling psychological illusions, psychological phantoms, unplugging from the matrix, seeing the world for what it is, seeing your mind for what it is, and it's not always what you think it is. It's going to be a very interesting show. But before we get into that, as always, I'd like to thank any and all of you that have liked, shared, commented. Give me five-star reviews on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, or on however you choose to listen to this podcast. It makes my heart smile very much. Can you feel the smile right now? And it inspires me to put more of this content out there for free, never charging you a dime for it. But I only do that if I know you're listening to it. And I don't know if you're listening to it. If you give me five-star reviews, you like it, you comment, you share it. That lets me know you're listening and the message is getting out so please keep doing that it makes this all worthwhile also when you do leave a five-star review on itunes please do shoot me over an email at mal m-a-i-l at lukenosis l-u-k-e-n-o-s-i-s dot com uh, with a screenshot and what I will do is I will give you a free 30-minute unstuck session with myself. Uh, it is not a hypnotherapy session. It is not a therapy session. It's 30 minutes over either Skype or over the uh, phone line to help you become unstick, where I bring the unstick solution to your problems to give you, to brainstorm with you some ways for you to unstick, become unstuck, and to move on to freedom in your life. But that being said, today's show is all about psychological illusions. Now, a big shout-out that most of this work is from a very great hypnotist called Jürgen Rasmussen. I believe he howls from Norway. He's got couple of great books out there provocative suggestions and provocative hypnosis that i'd very much recommend you go and listen to uh it's certainly been an inspiration to me in the work that i do and if you can catch him doing a rare course um you should go and do the course and learn his model of doing hypnosis so a lot of this is borrowed is inspired is a homage to uh, jürgen out there with some of my own looks and some of my own twists and takes and some of the things he does and expanding the model in my own way. Also uh, inspired by the work of Sydney Banks and the three principles work. And the concept is, is much this, is how you see the world is not the real world. And if there is a real world, and that is a big if, it's not the way that any of us see it. So the, way, the lens that which we look through the world, the lens in which we look at our own lives and our own problems, is not an actual direct correlation of actually what happened or what's going on. So I'm going to share various stories with you inspired by the aforementioned uh, gentleman's uh, work a little bit earlier on here today and some of my own stories to help to challenge your mind to see that the map is not always the territory. So I invite you now to just perhaps think of a challenge that you have in your own life. Allow that to come up, whatever it may be. Just allow it to come up. For example, if you were to come and work with me, what would be the issue that you'd like me to help you work on? Allow that to come up. Give yourself a moment or two. Pause the podcast if you need to. Okay, welcome back. I'm going to tell you some stories. And I invite you just to listen to these stories in a way that you'd listen to good music. Just kind of bathe in it for a while. Some of it's going to make sense and some of it won't immediately. 
And did you know that everything you think you see outside, you actually see in consciousness, is actually happening inside of you? It's kind of like a Star Trek Matrix type thing. So if you imagine there's a picture in front of you right now, go and have a look and see if there's a picture in front of you. Just take a look at that picture. And take a look at that picture. And if I were to ask you, what do you see in that picture? What could you say? Perhaps there's colours, red, blue, green. So kind of just describe in your mind or out loud, what do you see in that picture that's around you in, in your home or wherever you are right now? Now, what if I told you if none of those colours are actually there? What if I told you that? So there are some rays of light hitting our retina, the part of the eye, with information. Then in some weird and wacky and wonderful way, our minds kind of make sense out of what's there. And it turns it into a neurological activity. And the mind basically answers question and gathers information from what's coming in approximately has to be there. And then, and then the mind will generate an image in consciousness of what it thinks is going on or what it thinks is actually out there. But that's just a thought construct. It's not the same as what's actually out there. It's what your mind in the moment thinks has got to be there based on the sensory data that's coming in. Now, it's a bit like the American media. Meaning that there's a lot of undercover work that's going on, a lot of covert stuff. So if you subscribe to a newspaper or Fox News or CNN or whatever, and you get the front page of the newspaper or you watch or you listen to these news programs, you kind of watch them or you open up the newspaper, but you, you have really no idea how that got there, how that news got there, how that front page got made, how that headline got there, how it came into being. You don't know how the editor was given instructions and how people have interrupted it and how the staff came about. All the stuff is completely invisible to you. So you just see the image. You just look at that image, your mind behind the scenes, if you will. Some of that information that hits your retina, your mind thinks, well, that's what's got to be going out there behind the scenes. Your mind is doing a lot of stuff. And one of them is actually adding color to that picture. So according to the people who work with a visual system, the colors aren't actually there in the external world, at least not in the way that we perceive them. But the way our nervous system works, our minds think that there has to be a certain color out there. So it projects it. And in that way, it seems as if the color is out there on the wall. And really, it's really an interesting thing. So we're meaning makers. We're projecting meaning all of the time. And one of the things that we're projecting, for example, is that picture on the wall in front of you. It seems as if the picture is just there. It's just out there. It seems as if it's there and it just seems as if your eyes are kind of just like recording the picture and that your mind is storing it. It seems that way. It seems that's the reality. It feels that way, but it's not actually the case. But since most of us don't realize that it's just our thinking, since we don't know how our minds and brains make stuff up and make up meaning, we don't know that we're thinking. It seems as if we're thinking is just exactly the same as what's on the wall. So you can't actually experience situations directly or human beings directly. You can only experience what the mind thinks is going on in the moment. In NLP terms, it's called generalize, distort or delete. 
what is generalized information that comes in it's usually very useful meaning every time you see red uh, it probably means stop or danger you don't have to think about it so it can be useful but it does not you're not seeing things for what they are uh, we distort certain things because if you were to focus on everything that was going on around you all of the time your brain would explode like that guy from scanners it does not help and we distort certain things and we do this all the time you've heard stories of an accident happens there's 10 people that see a car hit another car the police come they interview all 10 people and there's 10 different stories of 10 different colored cars and 10 different colored people and different genders everyone's got a different story we distort information and sometimes this is useful and sometimes it's not it's a way of our brains processing the world but it also prevents us from getting the direct information actually happened because it's going through our filters and through our experiences in NLP terms the map is not the territory so you can't actually experience situations directly or human beings directly it's only what our mind experience as our mind thinks is going on in that moment so I'd like for you to go ahead and think of two people in your life somebody that you like very much and someone you dislike and go ahead and describe in your mind or out loud the positive qualities of the person you like and after you've done that think out loud uh, or inside your head of the qualities of the person you dislike and why you dislike them and what if I told you that most of what you're feeling is just an illusion the idea that you really really like or that you really really dislike this person is just simply an illusion a mind game you're playing with yourself now the person you really really dislike the presuppositions is that the feelings that you feel when you think about this person really informs you about that person if it's a person you like the presuppositions is I love her if it's a person you dislike I hate him so it presupposes that my feelings directly tell me about the other person and I feel this way because the other person is like that right it feels this way because you see the person you feel good you see the other person you feel bad so it seems as if your feelings directly come from the person or tell you about this person well I feel like this around this person because they're like that and I feel like this around this person because they're like that and it kind of feels right doesn't it but if I met this person and this is happening behind the surface my mind is going to go with without me knowing is going to kind of kind of make up a story about this person it's a bit like a paintbrush artist so my mind will project same way with a color my mind will project qualities characteristics onto this person a story of who that person may or may not be in relation to me this happens unconsciously and it happened very very quickly and when my mind does that I get a feeling but what am I feeling in my mind is actually what I think about the person in that moment I'm feeling the story of that person I like or dislike but it's just a story it isn't the same as who they actually are at least not exclusively so if I meet this person that you've just come up in your mind that you like or the person you dislike my mind again behind the surface creates a different story it kind of constructs the person if you said they're a good person I went into this and my mind in the same way of the color projects all those attributes and stories of all that person is and when my mind does that if it's a person you dislike and I've been given that news from you I kinda of get a bad feeling 
And since I don't know that I'm thinking, it seems as if this is real. And my feeling is a direct interpretation of actually who this person is or isn't at the same time. It's kind of like the story of my friend John. Now, my friend John worked at this um, legal firm in England and they had a secretary and she had to go away on maternity leave. So they replaced her for nine months to a year with this with a new girl. We'll say that her name is Jean. Now, Jean had just come out of school. She was 18. She was very pretty, had an amazing energy and really, really was excellent at her job. Everyone loved her. She was so quick. She responded to emails quickly and she bought everyone coffee and donuts every morning everyone loved her and secretly they kind of wish that she had stayed with the company and that the other lady we'll call her janet wouldn't come back but would have a happy happy life with her new child then one day my friend my friend john's friend jack came in and jack came to take him to lunch he was from another company and as they went to lunch jack said hey john you know that um secretary you've got and john goes oh yeah Jean, she's really great everyone loves her she's great at her job she's so happy she's so cheery she's easy on the eyes she brings us donuts in every day everyone loves her secretly we hope that uh, janet never comes back but she has a happy healthy life with her daughter her new child Jack says to John, yeah, she used to work for my wife's company and she embezzled the company out of £10,000 for the charity fund. In that moment, John's opinion on June, on June instantly, instantaneously changed with that new piece of information, even though he hadn't seen it for himself. That's how malleable our experiences are, the illusions that we see through, how quickly our mind can change about certain things. The thing is, we're not seeing people for who they are. We're really seeing their stories being projected from our minds on top of them, from the information that we've gathered up to that point. We're not truly seeing them. It's an illusion that you're being seduced to in that moment. It's kind of like you walking into a school when you were a youngster and you had a crush on somebody, Prince Charming or the Prom Queen, and you really read it and a major crush on them. And when they came towards you, you almost had butterflies in your stomach and you started to feel certain things, almost imagine they had some kind of a magical spell. Yet when the same person walked over to your friend, your friend would have absolutely no feeling whatsoever. And this went on maybe for many months, many years at school. And then years later, you had other relationships and you're walking down a street and perhaps you see that Prince Charming or you see that prom queen. Yet you see him through a different lens because you see him through different experiences now. And you might say to yourself, oh my God, I can't believe I ever had such a crush on that person. I don't see him that way at all anymore. Oh my God, I can't believe I actually had a real crush, really liked, really fell in love with that person. That's not who I am anymore. It was all a psychological illusion, a game you played inside your own head. Now, what was happening is your mind was making up a dip, different story when you was at school to a different story many years later. It's still the same person. Your mind is projecting different stories and you're seeing them through a different lens. For example, if you have the label of I have low self-esteem, then essentially it's the same thing. You know, your mind will make up who you are. You know, this guy over here is called Casper and he has good feelings and this guy over here is Joe and have neutral feelings for here and this guy over here stay and has bad feelings, right? It's just different stories being projected on different people in different moments. It's the same with your feelings and the labels you have for yourself. 
Now, in the same way your mind will make up stories about Casper or John, when you're in a low mood, your mind will make up stories about how you feel, all the horrible things that have ever happened to you and why you suck and why the world sucks and why things aren't going your way and why you're such a loser, yada, yada, yada. But you forget that you're thinking. You think that it's truly going on. This is truly who you are. But you see, all your feelings come from your thoughts. So your identity with the content of those thoughts are actually changing moment by moment who you are. So you could have goals to make more money, to get in better shape. But if you're still reinforcing the old illusion, you're being reinforcing the illusion that's identical with those same thoughts. So you'll stay stuck with a low self-esteem, stuck in not being able to make any more money, stuck in able to release weight. And when that happens, just inside your head, allow a warning, warning, like a red science come up inside your head that you've been identified with the content of your thinking and you've forgotten it's just thinking. It seems as if it's you. It seems as if it's real, but it has nothing to do with who you are. Whoever you think you are in the moment can never be who you truly are. It just can't be. You can't have the concept of understanding who you are. None of us can because it's a thought. It's an idea. It's a temporary experience that comes and goes. How could it ever be who you truly are? Now, better thoughts may emerge too. And if you identify with them, you might get good feelings. But you can't be them either because you have to realize if you stay attached to them it's just a temporary experience that comes and goes it's a mistake of monumental proportions identifying with the thoughts and thinking that you're identical with the thoughts you're not you're ever changing you're happy one moment you're sad the next you're excited one moment you're angry the next they're just feelings and all these feelings come from your thoughts and your thoughts are in your head the movies that you play and even if you don't think you're playing movies trust me you are but you're probably just doing it so fast you don't even realize and i invite you to keep listening the way that you'd listen to music just kind of bathe in the idea and i'd like for you to think of a mirror just think of a mirror think of the nature of a mirror now consider a mirror you know all the stuff that can kind of happen in a mirror that can be reflected in a mirror an ugly face a confrontation between people shouting screaming fighting a loving couple embracing a smile all these things that can be reflected in a mirror but no matter what gets reflected in that mirror that mirror never takes the shape or form of that which is reflected so the mirror doesn't turn ugly or violent the mirror never takes the shape or form of what's temporarily reflected in the mirror Otherwise, the mirror would be changing objects all the time, anytime, anything else walked, walked past. Now, conscious in and of itself is a bit like a mirror. Body sensation appears as consciousness. Thoughts, images, feelings move. But consciousness in and of itself never take the form or shape of what it appears. There's an illusion going on that we get angry or that we get scared or anesthetic. Not anesthetic, aesthetic, but it's not really the case. Because once you're aware that it's a thought and it can only be a thought, then when you're aware of that feeling of that thought, it can't really be a feeling state. As soon as you become aware of that mood, it can it can't be identical with the mood because the transitioning experience is a temporary experience and it comes and it goes. So I'd like to invite you to think of a negative memory from your past. Something you wished had turned out differently or something that you'd handled better. Just 
pick any particular memory, like a feeling, an image, something that just hits your consciousness and just allow it to open up. And as you do this, feel it, experience it, I'd like for you to notice you're not identical with the experience. Consciousness is like a mirror. That of which you're aware of and the thought isn't the feelings and thoughts. It can never be. You're more than that. It's much like when you're meditating and you're breathing. And at some point you realise, are you breathing or are you being breathed? The mere aspect of being aware of your thoughts and your feelings, being aware of your breathing, means you're more than your thoughts, you're more than your feelings, you're more than your breathing. You're meta to that situation, if you will. I'd like for you to have that experience and notice that you're not identical with your experience, with your feelings. That consciousness is just like a mirror. That which, when you're aware of your feelings and thoughts, aren't the feelings and thoughts. You are not the feelings and thoughts, and you never can be. And just kind of let that pass. And now think of something that was wonderful, wonderful, great experience you had, a good memory that evokes good feelings. The sounds, the images, the smells, the taste, body sensations. Again, just notice that in consciousness, it's like a mirror. It's there all the time. And kind of just let that pass too. And no matter what thoughts appear, they are just thoughts. They weren't personal. They're transitory experiences. You can't ever be identical with the voice inside your head or the pictures you have. So I'd like to invite you now to think of driving down a highway, a motorway, a freeway. And everything's fine. But all of a sudden you begin to drive badly and you forget that you're driving. And you have these rows on the highway that kind of make that sound that alerts you that, hey, you've forgotten that you're driving and you're driving kind of badly. It's a sign that says, wake up and remember you're driving a car and you'll automatically correct yourself and drive again at a nice pace. So if you're ever feeling feelings of anxiety or stress or low self-esteem, it's just like rows on the motorway. You're thinking kind of badly, you've forgotten that you're thinking and it's just time to kind of wake up and remind yourself that you're thinking and that you've kind of woken up from this dream. It has nothing to do with you. There's nothing to analyse about it. Just take a few moments to slowly reorientate back to my voice now. You know those warning things that you have in the car, those triangular things? They're just those feelings, and we all have them. And you can immediately start to see that triangle now, like on your car when you've got low gas going on. That little triangle is a warning signal, warning you, warning, warning. That it's just a psychological illusion. You have fallen for a mind game, psychological illusion. That you've forgotten your thinking again. You think what's going on is real. And even though it may seem real, it's not, in fact, real. It's just temporary. And that you can awaken up from this dream and you can realise that it's just an impersonal thought. It comes, it goes, it has nothing to do with who you are. It's not who you are. So when that feeling emerges, you can just see that this kind of warning sign says, warning, warning, you just fell for your own mind game, your own head case, your own head game, your own psychological illusion. It's just like the rows of a highway kind of alerting you that your thinking is kind of out of sorts and it's just temporary and you've just forgot that you were thinking and you think that what you're thinking was real. Now, the sooner you get that, it's almost like waking up from a dream. You suddenly go, oh, it's just a thought. There's nothing really to do here. I've just woken up from a dream. It wasn't real. I mean, do you ever go to a movie 
you know, really good movie and you get absorbed into the movie to the point where you begin to really think that this is kind of really what's going on in real time and get caught up in emotion. Well, that's the quality of what we're doing inside of our head today is we're just getting caught up with the movie that we're watching. It's just a movie. It will end and another one will begin. So I'd like for you to do a little experiment with me. I'd like for you to imagine opening up your refrigerator, seeing a nice big juicy lemon in there, pulling out that lemon, feeling the shape, the coolness of it, seeing the colour of it, feeling it in your hand, walking over to the countertop, cutting it, slicing it with a big knife into two. And then as you feel that knife penetrating through the lemon, those lemony zests just squirting out, and you can see some of that fruit juice just squirting. And you can start to get that feeling now that you're cutting that lemon in half. And imagine raising that lemon now into your mouth and just kind of taking a big bite of that lemon now in your imagination and letting that lemon spurt out of your mouth. Really put your teeth into it and feel those flavours and everything what it is. And just imagine swallowing that down now. So good. If you did that, you probably noticed that you salivated more inside your mouth. It's a biological thing that our thoughts start to create body reactions inside of our body. Where else? Yet there was no lemon. I just got you to imagine it and your body responded in kind. It's like now, if you just stand up, if it's okay for you to do that, and you have your arms out in front of you, straight out in front, and with your right arm, have your palm facing up, and with your left arm, have your palm facing down. And just imagine, pretend or make believe that on that right hand, with it, the palm facing up, I would have placed a bunch of telephone directories onto it, a bunch of weights onto it, the Encyclopedia Britannia, all of them on top of it. And notice, as you start to think about all that weight now on that right hand, what starts to happen, how heavy it starts to feel in the palm of your right hand. But then imagine now on the left hand that should be facing down. Imagine on the left arm we placed um, 500 helium balloons attached to your wrist. So it starts to get higher and floating up more and more in the air. In fact, it's almost like there's a cloud underneath that left hand. And it starts to raise it higher up in the air, floating lighter and lighter, lighter and lighter, lighter and lighter. That's right. So the more you think of that left hand getting lighter and lighter the further up in the hair it goes and it gets lighter and the more you start to focus on the heaviness of that right hand the kilos the pounds the heavy weights it starts to get heavier and heavier and notice what's happened it's kind of curious isn't it now notice what's happened with your eyes you'll probably notice that your right arm's gone down and your left arm's gone up this is what naturally happens now, we didn't really put anything in either of your hands. There were no balloons. There was no weights. There was no heavy or lightness. They were all suggestions that you played outside inside your head. They were all psychological illusions. But your body responded to these illusions that were not real. And now I ask yourself, I ask you to ask yourself, this is the big question. How could your hands feel differently? How could you feel one hand getting heavier and one hand getting light lighter? and one hand moving up by itself and one hand moving down by itself. How could you feel that? Answer it. And then here's the big question. Where did those feelings come from? Where did those feelings of taste and heaviness and lightness really come from? Imagine a scenario. Imagine that you're standing in line to get your morning coffee, to pay some bills, to buy some concert tickets. Doesn't matter the line. And there's a big line and you're waiting in there and you've been there for some time. 
And now just imagine that someone comes and cuts in front of you in the line. Notice how you feel in that moment, that person that you're perceiving is cutting in front of you. Then notice that that person is wearing some dark shades and as a blind person stick. That person was blind. Notice how you start to feel differently about this person now cutting in front of you. What happens to your feelings then? And then notice with a bit more information that the people behind you say, oh, that guy does it all the time. He's here every week. He, he's not really blind at all, but he puts on those shades and that sticks so he can cut in line. Notice how you feel with that bit of information. Then notice the girlfriend of the guy who told you that said, oh, don't listen to my boyfriend. We actually don't know him. We've never seen this guy before. He's just making up stories. Notice how you feel about this situation then. It's the same guy. It's the same situation. Someone's in front of you. But with this information, this piece of information, the next piece of information, notice how you go on a roller coaster of feelings. Because they're all your thoughts, the movies you project inside your head. None of it's real. And all of it is all at the same time. Now, for most of us, even if we're watching good movies, we understand that even though we may be captivated by that movie in the moment, we understand on some level, most of us, most of the time, that the movie is indeed not real. It's actors and actresses and directors and producers and millions and millions of dollars that are thrown at it. But when the movie was first developed in the turn of the 1900s, when they would play things on the screen, when people hadn't experienced movies on the big screen before, like a train coming, like a car coming at them, like an aeroplane, people would actually think that that train was coming towards them. That that aeroplane, that car was coming towards them. And it would fill them with a lot of fear. So oftentimes cinemas, people would stampede out of the cinemas because they really felt they were in danger because they'd never experienced cinema before. It was just a thought. It was just a vision. It wasn't real. But now having seen many, many movies, many, many years, a hundred years of cinema, we realise a movie is just a movie. It's not real. It may seem realistic. And even if we're watching it in 3D, they're not really coming out. We're really not going to get ran over by that car, taken over by that spaceship, abducted by the aliens or be hit by that train. Yet, if we went back to the thinking that we used to have when film just came out, it seemed that everything was real and we were always in danger. But when we realise it's just a movie, that it's not real, that the train isn't going to hit us, the aliens aren't going to abduct us, the plane isn't going to crash, we can just breathe and just realize it's not real it's just a psychological illusion it's just a movie it's not real and when you get caught up on a certain feeling a certain mood good or bad it's important to realize like a big stop sign going off inside your head that says warning warning don't fall for a mind game don't fall for a psychological illusion good or bad that's all it is we only feel our thinking. We're not actually feeling the world. Not in emotions or not in a sensation. Way. We're only feeling what we're thinking about the thing that we're thinking in any given time. That's all it is. We can only feel our thinking. So if you're feeling shitty, you're probably doing some poor quality thinking. So when you change your thinking, your feelings automatically change realize the world isn't being done to you you are not a victim you are not at effect you are in control of what goes on inside your head 
and you'll find yourself more and more and more. Now, rather than falling into psychological illusions, that red stop sign will come up inside your head that will remind you, hey, I'm being suckered in by a psychological illusion, a mind game, a movie from the turn of the 1900s. It's not real. It seems real. Like if I was watching a movie from the 1900s. It seems real. But in actual fact, it's not real. It's just a movie that I'm playing inside my head that's making me feel this certain way. So as soon as that stop sign goes off inside my head, it stops. Or I feel the feeling that I'm hitting the barriers as I'm driving the car, the vehicle of my mind, and lets me know you're doing some bad quality thinking. Gear the car, the vehicle of your mind, forward again and do some high quality thinking to feel and think better because none of this is true. An example of this now, and this is quite a violent metaphor, so do this uh, with discretion and please self-govern yourself. But if you're brave, then just imagine, imagine now, just imagine Imagine you are in a room, okay, and that room is on fire, and everything in that room is burning, 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 and you are starting to burn. Your toes, your body, your heel, your face, your head, it's all burning. You smell the smelling of burning. Imagine that now, and as you do that, I ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how strong is that fear of burning now as you imagine it vividly? Say it out loud. Now open your eyes. Now, if you did that correctly, like most people, you probably got some high anxiety, some high fear, even though you know that I was instructing you to go through a process and you were totally healthy and safe, but you might got up to an eight, nine, maybe even a ten on fear of fire. But you weren't actually in a room full of fire, yet you were feeling that feeling of fear, that feeling of being scared. It wasn't real. You were feeling your thinking. And I was directing your thinking to think of the burning room. Like a phobic client that I'll, that I'll have. It's always the same. I have a ground floor office. If I get a client that is scared of heights, they'll come in and I'll know one thing. that Even though I've got a ground floor office, that they will be able to conjure up that fear of heights. And I'll ask them, they sit in a chair in my ground floor office on a scale of 1 to 10. Imagine you're on an aeroplane, you're on a high building, you're parachuting. Now, how strong is that fear? And they'll say 8, 9, 10 inevitably a lot of the times. But they're not feeling a real experience. They're imagining experience because I'm asking them to imagine it. And those feelings are real. And when they open their eyes, they realise it's not even hypnosis. They look out the window, they're on the ground floor. Yet those feelings were real. But when they realised it was just a psychological illusion that was going inside their head, that felt real at the time, it wasn't indeed real, then the phobia collapses in and of itself. Because the phobic person who thinks they're scared of an aeroplane, thinks they're scared of being high in the air, thinks they're scared of a spider or snake, they could do it all most of the time, without the snake, the spider, the aeroplane, the high-level office being there, they can conjure it up, which means one thing. They're not feeling what's really going on. They're feeling what they're thinking. So when you change your thinking, whether that be there is a snake on you, there is a spider crawling on your hand, you are on the 100th floor, you are flying on a big jet. When you change your thinking, you're feeling self-correct. And oftentimes the problem collapses. The only time we get stuck is when we are getting suckered in and we're suckering in ourselves into a psychological illusion. And when you realise it's not real, it can't be real. It's impossible to fill the world 
because we have those three filters of generalizing, distorting, deleting. When you realize that, you don't have to meditate for years, pray for years, even necessary hire a hypnotist. When you do this and you realize, oh, you know what? I thought I was having a panic attack, but I'm just falling for that game. I'm falling for that psychological illusion. It collapses. It's like waking up from a dream. You've had a nightmare. It seemed real. It stimulated many of your senses. And you're, and you're pow, 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 puffing for breath. You're being pursued by someone, zombies, if you're like me. And it seems real, and you feel real, and your body's responding with all those chemicals. And you're like, oh my god, what am I going to do? How am I going to escape from the zombies? And you wake up. It might take you a moment. But you realise it's not real. You're in your bed. You're safe. It was just a dream. Your mind was playing games on you. You don't need to call the walking dead to come and save you. It was just a dream. And when you awaken from that now and realise you just fell for your dream, you fell for a psychological illusion, you fell for a mind game, you've woken up, you self-correct, you get on with your day and your life, realising it was just a dream. If you'd like to receive my report five ways on how to escape the matrix shoot me over an email at mail m-a-i-l at leukenosis l-u-k-e-n-o-s-i-s dot com and ask for your five ways to escape the matrix and i will send you over that report as always i've been hypnopunk and this has been another episode of unstuck transformation with edge always believe <laughs>